Hello, hello, and welcome to the Hashtag Files. This podcast is dedicated to helping you step into your power, own who you are, and learn how to monetize your authentic self in your life and business. I'm your host, Courtney Schoberg, Hashtag Queen, Social Media and Marketing Guru, and Boss Lady Entrepreneur. On this show, we talk strategy, we get vulnerable, and we are known for bringing on the woo and all the high vibes. If you're ready to learn how to grow your business and create a positive impact in the world, all by being unapologetically who you are, you've come to the right place. Let's get into it. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back. Today, we are going to dive in a little more to my social media story and kind of why hashtags are my thing. So if you want to learn a little more about this, keep on listening. In the last podcast, we talked a little bit about my story, entrepreneurship, being a nanny, but it didn't really tap too much into like my social media story and why, you know, our business is she's social, why I like hashtags, why I like more than like hashtags, I love hashtags, and kind of how this all kind of came to be. So I've been in the online space for five years, and my first blog ever was a food blog. Uh, for those of you who aren't friends with me on Instagram, head over and check me out at the Courtney Schoberg, and you will see a lot of cooking with Courtney episodes. <laughs> Cooking is one of my love languages. I have literally watched hundreds of thousands of hours of Food Network, and my ultimate dream is to have a Food Network TV show. And so Food Court was my very first blog where I would literally be in my kitchen all day, every day on my days off, and I would come up with recipes, which is what I would normally do anyways, but it took a lot longer when you had to actually write down (laughs) what you were doing. How many of you guys can relate to that intuition and cooking in the kitchen? And then like you make something amazing and either A, you forget or B, when someone asks you how to make it, you literally have to wait till the next time you make it again and write down everything that you had made and try to recall all the different ingredients. Because sometimes what I had in my kitchen, um, you know, for substitute would taste better than what I would have maybe normally picked. And so Food court was so much fun. I had a lot of, um, you know, recipes and I was connecting with people. And that's really when I started to like grow on Instagram. Before that, I was just using Instagram as like my life journal and yearbook. I have a personal Instagram account that I don't share with a lot of people. It's just family and friends. And there are so many posts on there. And I have just always been obsessed with sharing my life on social media, the good, the bad, the ugly, the in-between. And so naturally, when I started a blog, it was really easy for me to share about my life on Instagram and Facebook and, you know, anywhere anybody would listen to what I had to say. And from Food Court, I realized that sometimes taking something that you love and trying to make a job out of it is not always the best idea because I was starting to like resent cooking. We started eating out a lot more. And like, for those of you who know me in real life, like Joe and I cook dinner 90% of the time. Like 
I like to cook and I think my food tastes better than most restaurants. So I, why would I go out and pay money for something that I know I could make myself? And so when we were starting to go out to eat a lot more, not only was it unhealthy, but I was just sad and I missed cooking for fun and I missed making creations to like give them to Joe. Like one of my favorite ways to show love to him is to make him his favorite meal and make him, you know, a full course dinner with appetizer and, you know, salad and a main meal and a dessert and a bomb drink and just all the different things with the ambiance and the candles and the flowers on the table and the music. And that's just one of my favorite things to do. And entertaining is also one of my favorite things to do. And so I kind of took to, um, you know, Food Network as a trial run and it was fun and I enjoyed it, but I realized then and there that I didn't want to be a food blogger, um, because of, I was slowly but surely not liking being in the kitchen anymore. So it was kind of funny because from there I became a personal chef in San Diego for, I worked for about 13 different people and I randomly went on Craigslist one day. Um, I had a friend who was like, you're so good at cooking. Why don't you find a way to monetize it? That's different than, you know, taking pictures of your food and writing articles and whatnot. And so I literally went on Craigslist and I found this guy who was looking for a prep chef, someone who would cook healthy meals for him and his girlfriend because they were busy, um, funny enough entrepreneurs. And they, uh, you know, they just didn't have time to cook for themselves. And so I started with him and then his friends found out about me. And before I knew I had 13 clients where I was working a regular job, going to school, and then I would cook for them and deliver their food. And it became so much fun for me. And I really got to see like the potential and how fast a business could grow uh, when you're having fun and you're making quality product, right? Um, eventually that got to be way too big for me to handle by myself and I didn't want to hire somebody else and I didn't want to go through like going into the kitchen and, and, you know, or like a commercial kitchen and renting it and registering a business for food because there's a lot of restrictions and you can get yourself into a lot of trouble if you don't follow certain protocols. And again, I don't even know why, like thinking back now, I'm like, oh my gosh, Courtney, why did you do that? Because you were over here complaining about writing a blog, let alone because it was taking away your joy of food. And then now you're making food for people that, and it was healthy food. It was paleo based, which kind of limits your creativity. In, In a way it makes it, you have to go harder on the creativity because you're limited with ingredients, but I, uh, I don't like to be restricted in the kitchen. Like if I want to put dairy in there, I want to be able to put dairy in there. And with them, I could not do this because obviously for those of you who don't know about paleo, it's a very kind of strict diet. And so from then I, um, one day was, and my first blog was a free blog. It was on a blog spot. It's actually still up online if you want to go check it out. It's foodcourt with two T's dot blogspot.com. I'll link it in the show notes. But I had no idea at the time when you're trying to monetize a blog that you really should be purchasing a domain and, you know, doing it that way versus doing it on a free platform because a free platform is limited. And so fast forward like a year, Joe and I were talking one day and he's like, I think you should do this blog thing again. And I'm like, 
What do you mean? I'm not going to go do a food blog again. Like, that was too much work. Da, 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 da. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, you like to share about your life. You're very creative. I'm super crafty. Like, I'm always making something, decorating something, doing something. I like the little details. And he's like, I'll build you a website. Because he was teaching himself how to build websites. And at the time, he was just kind of doing it for fun. Now, you know, we do it as our business. But he's like, I'll build you a website. And then you can just post about, you know, whatever you want to post about. And so I started doing a lot of research on lifestyle blogs. What do these people post about? And like almost every single blog that I found was like niche down, niche down, niche down, niche down. And I was like, dude, I don't want to niche down. I already did that and it ruined my life. <laughs> so I just decided, you know what, screw it. I'm going to go for the lifestyle type thing. But funny enough, it took me like a year to finally press publish on my blog. I was dealing a lot, a lot with like that feeling of not being good enough. Would people even care about what I have to say? Um, is my website going to look good enough? Is it going to be high quality enough? Um, and I had gone all out. I mean, Joe was really good at coding from like the beginning because he's very techy and he's always been a fast learner. And then I hired someone to make a website and I hired, or I mean not a website, a blog, or I mean, (laughs) try again, Courtney. I hired someone to make a logo, like a really, really nice logo. And I just like went all in. And what happened was because I wasn't ready to press publish, I didn't realize at the time, but what I was doing was I was building my audience on Instagram before I was actually building my audience on my blog traffic. And so I literally would sit up for nights and nights and nights and nights and nights in a row and I would study the shit out of Instagram. I would study like filters and which filters worked better because back then, you know, filters were huge. Now nobody really uses filters. Everybody edits their photos on different apps. But back then, most people just used filters and I would study like which filters did good, which filters looked better, which people, um, had the most followers with whatever, you know, filter they were using. And then I started looking at their hashtags, like how many do they use? How big are they? How small are they? How targeted are they? How niche are they? Um, what industry are they in? Does that have something to do with their Instagram following? Do they share their blogs regularly? Do they even have a blog? Do they microblog? If you don't know what microblogging is, it's basically where you use your Instagram as a blog instead of having an actual website. Definitely don't recommend it long term, but it is a great way to get started, which is basically what I did. And I didn't realize it at the time. And one thing, like one common thing that I guess I ran across was that the people that were being successful online, and it's crazy to think like Because it feels like almost now this is when it's getting started with like being vulnerable and being yourself. But back then, it was really starting to shift of the people who were like telling real stories versus the people who are just showing up, like showing off their life. And who was like growing and creating an audience and and engagement, right? Because as we know now, engagement is everything uh, versus the ones who were just showing up just to show up. And so because I didn't press launch for my blog for almost one entire year, I was on Instagram almost every single day 
and I was connecting with audience members that would soon turn into dedicated followers and people who would purchase my programs and my services. I didn't know. I didn't know this was going to be my job. I knew I liked marketing and I knew that I am good at connecting with people, but I never knew in a million years that I would be making money off Instagram. Like, if you would have asked me that when I first started, I would have laughed at you because I would have had no idea. I would have thought I was going to be on Food Network by this time. Like, I had no clue. And so um, one of the first programs that I ever invested in was about Instagram. And I literally, oh man, I think that course was like $300. And at the time that was like huge for me. Like, holy shit, $300. Where's this money going to come from? Is this going to even work? Like going back and forth with Joe, trying to decide, couldn't decide, wouldn't decide. Like my brain just couldn't make up its mind. And finally... You know, I was like, you know, I'm just going to take the plunge. And so I did it. I purchased this course and I did it front to back, back to front, like six different times. And I soaked up every single thing from that course that I possibly could. It's kind of ironic because the other night I was listening to Jim Quick, if you guys have never heard of him. Um, his last name's spelled K-W-I-K. And he's like a brain coach and he teaches about learning things. And one thing that he taught me was that something that I guess I already knew, but I was doing it um, without knowing what I was doing. And he says that when you learn something, like you're going to be teaching it, you learn it twice. And so you retain the information at a much higher rate and higher level, and you're able to really grasp the concepts and the ideas um, a lot more quick and a lot more um, in depth. And so I didn't realize that's what I was doing. And so I took that knowledge and I just ran with it on Instagram. I decided like, I'm going to use this lifestyle blog. I'm going to become an influencer. I'm going to be featured by brands. I'm going to make money on Instagram and we're going to live the good life. And it's funny because Joe's like, oh, if you only would have stuck with it, maybe we'd be influencers by now and not like running a business on the side that is, you know, more labor intensive. Not that being an influencer isn't hard, especially taking photos and stuff, but it's a lot different when you're building websites and doing things for other people versus when you're doing some stuff for yourself because my stuff tends to get put on the back burner because I'm so focused on my clients. And I I laugh and I say, you know, yeah, I think about that sometimes, but once I got kind of into the influencer world and I started getting featured by brands and on their websites and getting paid and getting blogger mail, quote unquote, getting free stuff sent to me, I realized that wasn't really what I wanted to do. It just felt fake to me. Even though I was getting products that I believed in, and even though I was only talking about products that I would buy my with my own money, it just felt icky to me. Now, I'm not dissing those of you who do this for a living. If you like what you're doing, more power to you. It just didn't feel right for me. And so I kind of stepped away and um, just continued to focus on my Instagram and talking about things that kind of fueled me and, you know, lit me up inside. And that was talking about my anxiety. That was talking about my journey in school and online in the business world with my blog and with my boyfriend and having a dog and, and still like mixing in food and decor and all these different things that I like to do, but not feeling strapped to just one topic. And so the day that I pressed launch on my blog, I realized that, um, you know, a couple months 
not even a couple months, like a month later, I realized that I had learned something that I didn't know that I had learned. I was on a blog, um, Facebook group. I want to say it was the blogettes, but I'm not really a hundred percent sure. And someone was talking about their first month of blogging and they're like, oh my God, I got 50 blog views my first month. And so many people were like, oh yeah, congrats. I got 25. Someone was like, I got a hundred. And so I looked at jokes. I literally had no idea how to even check this. And of course, Joe's my, Joe's my website guy. Joe's my guru online. And I go, babe, how many views have I had for my blog? He goes, I don't know. Let's check. And so he pulls up Google analytics. I learned what Google analytics is. He shows me a little bit about it. And we check my numbers and you guys, my first month of blogging, I had 10,000 views on my blog. 10,000. These girls over here celebrating 100, which I thought was awesome. I didn't know I was going to be at 10,000. I thought I was going to be around the same as them. And that is when Joe and I looked at each other and we realized something we did, whether it was my social media, our website, the SEO, Pinterest, Something we did drove a fuck ton of traffic to our website and we were gifted. Like something I did was good and it worked. And so it kind of just like this whole helping people get visible online was something that found me and I discovered through the process of doing that I was good at. And one of the biggest, well, my two biggest traffic um, sources based off Google Analytics were Pinterest and Instagram, which is why those are two of the biggest things that I teach today in the She Social and in the She Social Society. For those of you who are new to this channel, the She Social is our business where we build websites, courses, membership sites for other people, um, and and then the She Social Society is where we educate uh, women on a lower cost. We wanted to create a program that was for every budget. And then, of course, I have one-on-one coaching and consulting as well. And then my bigger programs and whatnot. But I really did not even know how good I was. And when I realized it was Instagram and Pinterest, I started going in and looking what I was doing versus what other people doing. And it wasn't until I started to get, like, messages from people asking me, like, what are you doing on Instagram? How are you doing that? And I realized that I had taken the knowledge that I had learned from that course, plus my own experiences and like created this baby of like magicalness (laughs) to like grow my blog. And hashtags were probably the number one thing that I was doing different than like 90% of people. Most of the people that were ending ending up with good hashtags on Instagram, it was not by strategy. It was by luck. It was by picking hashtags that they thought sounded cute or good and just going with it. I have polled my audience so many times and every time I do, I always hear from people and they all say that they don't check their hashtags on a regular basis and that they just kind of pick, they basically stick their hand into the Instagram hat and whatever comes out is what they use. And It makes me so sad because if people just knew a little bit more about hashtags and targeting, they could have such a greater impact on their business and on serving the people that they're trying to serve with whatever business that may be. And that's a great thing about hashtags is there's a hashtag out there that is just for your ideal client in relation to your business and your niche 
for every single niche. It's not just for bloggers. It's not just for influencers. It's not just for social media marketers. It's not just for coaches or uh, fitness people. There's literally a hashtag out there for basket weaving. And I and if you don't believe me, send me a DM and I will find it for you because that is my specialty. And so I started really educating on hashtags, which is why today we have inside the She Social Society a hashtag library filled with over 4,000 and growing every single month targeted hashtags that are handpicked by me and my team every single month. Now, what does this mean? There's a couple different things that I want to educate you about hashtags today that if you could leave with a little bit of new Instagram knowledge, I would hope that you would leave with this. So, and then I guess it will kind of make you understand why I call myself the hashtag queen, which actually I don't call myself that anymore. Um, Other people have called me that. So it feels really good to know that I'm not just a self-proclaimed hashtag queen. I've actually been dubbed that by my my followers and my students. So number one, the number one thing that I want you to know about hashtags is that it does not matter where you put them. There's a huge debate going online about, should I put my hashtags in my first comment or should I put my hashtags in my caption? There is no difference. It is completely and purely preference. So as long as you are using hashtags, you can use them in whatever place you want. I personally put my hashtags in my first caption, or I mean my first comment, because I think it looks cleaner, I think it looks nicer, and it's just easier for me. But I know a ton of people have a lot of success with putting them in the caption. So let's get that out of the way. Number one. Number two, you are allowed to use up to 30 hashtags. Now, you should be using 30 every single time. But the problem is, a lot of people use the same 30 over and over and over and over again. They get lazy with hashtags. And this is what cracks me up. If you're going to take the time to take a good picture craft a good caption. Maybe you edit your picture um, and like edit your caption and you sit down and you take all this time to do all these other things. Why are you going to half-ass the thing that's going to connect you with your clients, your potential perfect ideal clients? And that's hashtags. Hashtags are one of the best ways to grow organically on social media, on Instagram. Um, Hashtags started on Twitter they are not good on Facebook. So if you're using hashtags on Facebook, as of today, uh, July 9th, 2018, you should not be using hashtags on Facebook unless if it's like just funny and catchy and you're just using it as a way of talking because that's how a lot of people talk in today's hashtag world. But, um, and then they do work on Pinterest, but they work differently on Pinterest than they do on Twitter and on Instagram. Now on Twitter and Instagram, you want to use a little bit more niched and narrow hashtags. And so because a lot of people don't know how to do the research or they don't want to do the research because it does take a lot of time, you guys. For me, when I, on an average, I spend eight hours a month on hashtags for my clients per client because that's how much. I mean, it's gone down a lot just because the hashtag library has made it a lot easier. But hashtags take time and they need to be checked regularly because one hashtag could be good today, but it could be bad tomorrow. And this is um, a good example, or not this is, a good example of this is like hashtag uh, Father's Day 2018. 
Okay, well, a month before Father's Day 2018, that hashtag had zero uses. But better bet your ass if you were to get on your phone right now and research how many uses Father's Day 2018 has. Today, it has a ton because that holiday came and gone and everybody used it. There's so many people on Instagram that are using hashtags every day, but most people are just doing hashtag love and hashtag puppy and hashtag Um, baby daddy or baby mama or whatever, insert hashtag about your caption photo here without thinking about the strategy that goes behind it. And so that's why a lot of times when you use certain hashtags, you attract in certain negative, not so good people, right? So whether it's like creepy dudes or your competitors, like the biggest complaint I hear is that I'm using all these hashtags, but all that I'm doing is I'm attracting in other Beachbody coaches. I'm not attracting in people who want to like buy Beachbody because all these people already sell. And that's obviously a problem, right? Because if you're going to put all this time and effort into crafting your posts and you're trying to get people to join your MLM team or whatever your business is, buy your product, and all you're doing is attracting in your competitors, that's never going to make you money. And so, by knowing how to use hashtags and knowing when to use hashtags, knowing where to use hashtags and knowing which hashtags are the best to use for your niche and your ideal client, it's so powerful the results that you're going to get. Every single client that I've worked with on hashtags has increased their engagement, increased their reach, and increased their clientele just because of the hashtags. Now you guys, Your posts and your captions and your pictures do not have to look a certain way for your hashtags to be, to work. Your hashtags just have to line up with the ideal client or clientele that you're trying to reach. And so a lot of people don't think about that. They just use any old hashtag that relates to the photo when really that's not always the right tactic. And so obviously I get a lot more detailed about this in the She Social Society, but I wanted to give you guys a couple of tips today um, for takeaways for hashtags for your Instagram from this day forward. So number one, does not matter if you use it in the caption or in the first comment. Number two, you need to be using all 30 every single time. Number three, if you are going to be using all 30 every single time, Then you need to be making sure, well, not if, you should be using all 30 every single time. Then you need to be making sure that you switch up at least 20 of those every single time. Now, what do I mean by this? Sometimes, especially when you're getting started and if you don't, if you're not going to have a resource like the She Social Society with so many different hashtags to pull from, um, you know, you have your little bank on your notes on your phone or whatever where you're pulling your hashtags. That's what most people do if they actually research them in the first place. And so they will go in and they'll copy and paste the same thing. Well, when you use the same hashtags on a regular basis, it can have negative effects towards your account. Um, and then not only that, it's more than that, but you're only attracting in a certain clientele. Your ideal client hangs out in so many different places on the internet, including in different hashtags. And so if you're only using the same ones every single time, you're only calling in and attracting in the same people every single time. And obviously, you want to expand your reach and expand the people that you're reaching out to. So switch up your hashtags on a regular basis. And then my last hashtag tip for the day um, would be make sure that you're not using a hashtag that is too big. 
when you use a hashtag like love or dog, I like to use the example dog because I post a lot on Instagram about my, my posy girl, my chocolate lab. Um, if you use a hashtag like hashtag dog, it has literally like 17 or maybe it's like 170. It's a lot of million of views. Now, if you are trying to compete with that number of people, you are going to attract in, excuse me, all different kinds of people that are not your ideal client. And you are going to land in what I call the Instagram black hole. All this Instagram black hole is, is if you are a small account and you're just starting out and you don't have a huge amount of engagement, and then you use this giant photo or this giant hashtag on your photo, you're going to end up so at the bottom at the total at the bottom of the total pool excuse me that no one's ever going to get a chance to even see your photo and you might as well have not even used that hashtag because it counted against you instead of helping you and so I like to tell everybody to try to use hashtags that are between 10,000 and 300,000 uses um and that is the thing about the she social society is in our hashtag library every single hashtag that is in there in any category is between 10,000 and we usually cut it off around 500,000 uses um depending on the hashtag and as soon as it goes over and becomes an Instagram black hole hashtag, we put it in our retired hashtag library and we tell all of our users, members to stop using that particular hashtag because it is not going to convert as well. And so when I post pictures of my dog, instead of using a hashtag like hashtag dog, a better hashtag for me would be hashtag chocolate lab of the day because it has I think, well, it has a decent amount of uses on it now. It's probably in the million. But 1 million is a lot different than 170 million. And so if you can just start applying some of these tactics to your hashtag game and take the time to research your hashtags every single week or every single month, or if you don't want to research them, join the She Social Society and we will do the research for you, you will see an increase in attracting in the right customers, the right ideal clients, and your perfect person over on Instagram. And so I hope that this gives you a little more insight into why I'm obsessed with hashtags and how they work and why you should use them and why you should get really good at the ones that you use. And if you want to chat more about hashtags, follow me on Instagram and let's talk about hashtags. So thank you for tuning in and hearing my spiel on hashtags. I have a lot more to say about hashtags, but I'll keep it... (laughs) Minimal for today because I've already shared a lot of information with you that I'm sure you're going to be able to run and run to Instagram and start making some changes on your Instagram reach and um, connecting with your ideal client. So thank you so much. I look forward to talking with you guys next week. I'm going to be putting out a new episode once a week, every Tuesday, starting today. Um, July. Well, you'll be listening to this on July 10th. We're recording this uh, the day before, but I'm going to be putting out an episode every single week talking about um, different tactics that you can use on Instagram, on Facebook, on Pinterest, on all these different platforms and just in your marketing and business in general that I've learned over the last, you know, five years of being in the online space and 10 years of really being an entrepreneur and knowing when to give up on something that maybe he's not working and try something new. I mean, literally everything that you can think of. If you guys have any requests of stuff that you would like for me to talk about, 
send me a DM, reach out to us, hello at shesocial.co. I am here to serve you and I want to talk about what you want to know. Um, With that being said, also, if you know anybody uh, or if you would like to be interviewed to talk about your specialty in the online space, send me a message at hello at shesocial.co and I would love to chat about possibly interviewing you and having you as a guest on this podcast. So thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you guys have a kick-ass rest of your day, and I will be talking to you soon. Bye.